The following may contain offensive language, adult humor, and or content that some viewers may find offensive. The views and opinions expressed by any one speaker does not explicitly or necessarily reflect or represent those of Mark Rattledge or W2M Network. Please listen with caution, or don't listen at all. All right, folks, we are back. A new year, a new us. This is the Whiskey Rebellion brought to you by the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. And I am that Rattledge. I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And over there is my hetero life mate and brother from another mother. You might know him as Chesty Starcher, the disapproving dad, but we all call him Juicy J. Jesse Starcher, how do you do, sir? Ah, uh, Mark Radlich, my goodness, it's a new year, buddy. Time to celebrate. Get ready for 2023, January 5th. Unbelievable, man. You ready? My daughter's birthday today. She turned the big one, too. No, one, two, one, two, one, two. Yeah. One, two, one, two. Check one, two. one, two. That's right. That's awesome, dude. Yep, she microphone checked. <laughs> <laughs> microphone check, micro microphone check. Uh, yep, that's great, man. Yeah, she's 12 years old. Um, it's it does not seem like that long ago we were bringing her home from the hospital yeah, back dude. in the old 2011 man but here we oh, are man. in the year of our lord 2023 and she's 12 years old she's halfway through the sixth grade did you guys do anything to celebrate today or i know it's school day so i didn't know if uh... well, no uh, school's still out but <clears throat> wow we're doing All something right. there over the weekend um we've got some so my wife and i were supposed to have a a, a date night this Saturday, we were going to do a rum distillery tour because we're drunks. And then we were going to go to this like circus acrobat nighttime club show called Sidium. And I guess they're doing something with the theater because I just like found out today that I had a refund for the tickets. So oh, shit. we're doing that again in a month. Um, but now like the whole that whole day, we don't have plans. So my wife was like, why don't we do something special as a family for Lily's birthday? And then. Sunday after I take him after I scare the shit out of him and take him to go see Megan. Because it's, it's PG-13. You're allowed to take your kids. You're allowed to take your 12-year-old right. daughter to a PG-13 movie. You, you can do that. You can do that. That's right. <clears throat> There's no boobies. That's no, it's PG-13. Honestly, that's really the only rating that matters. Boobies, no boobies. Yeah, right, dude. Trust me. I know. I, I go to the parents' guide most of the time. Uh, we watched Violent Night uh, a couple of nights ago. So it was me wait. and the whole family. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was family uh, entertainment, man. Gather around the hearth. Yeah, you know, yeah, gather around children and watch a Santa hit people with a hammer. Oh, um, yeah. oh, yeah. But we went in there. I went to the parents' guide and immediately yeah. I was like, sexual okay no no nudity right. all right okay oh oh 20 instances of violence and gore that's okay it's that's all fine. right with it that's fine we, no we have americans are perfectly fine with gore and violence but show Absolutely. us a, but show us a bare female tit and that's it you know just, just pull your eyes out oh so, boy 
there was a discussion about Bullet Train a couple of months back. It was rated R, but both my kids have seen the trailer for it. And you know what, you know, Japan files they are. So, um, you know, they, they like their animes and their mangas and whatnot. So, like, we have to go see Bullet Train. It's in Tokyo. <clears throat> and I was like, let me see what it's rated. What's rated R? I don't know about that. Literally, just like you, like, boobs or no boobs? <laughs> All right. No good boobs, movie. we're good. Great yeah, movie. Well, it's on my top 10 for the year, which we talked Stupid about. Me. Two different shows. Um, anyway, <laughs> so we're going to, so after I take them to go see Megan, then we're going to take my daughter out for her big birthday dinner. Um, awesome. What'd you do for New Year's? Oh, dude, I went to bed at 1130. That's how exciting I am. <laughs> you old fucking man. My whole family is like waiting for the ball to drop. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I am going to bed, guys. I am so sorry. And I shit you not, my son comes into the bedroom. I'm, I'm 15, 20 minutes into sleep. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Happy New Year, Dad. I'm like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> so, I, so I talked about this on the Movies That Don't Suck podcast and some that do, which was recorded tonight as we're recording this, which will be out. I guess whenever you're listening to this sometime next week ish. And um, I talked about how I, I've, I've adopted a family. I adopted a family of three, two adults, one child. I'm now raising six individuals in this house. I am parenting three adults and three children. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I forgot why I was. Oh, so I come home from uh, work, work 12 hours on New Year's Eve, came home, you know, and it was decided by committee amongst the six children I'm the six adult the six people that I'm parenting, we're gonna have a quiet night. Santa had a violent night. I had a quiet night. Quiet night. Yeah, and yeah. um there's always you know, with <clears throat> seven people living in a twelve hundred square foot house tend to be a little on top of each other at times. And, yeah. and that's why there was eight of us, because you know, one of one of them had their son who lives elsewhere with staying with us. And um they're like come in the living room, be a part of the family. Do what we're doing. My wife and her partner were watching the SEC. Uh, what was it? The Bulldogs. Yeah. Probably the the... Yeah. And I'm like, so they're watching football, and people are all like engaged and doing stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if you've ever had this moment where you're like, you want to be with your family, but you don't. Like, you don't want to do what they're doing, but you don't know not necessarily isolate yourself. Sure. So I was literally like, I spent my New Year's sitting on the couch, sitting with my family. Touching, being, you know, being affectionate, being present. Earphones sure. on. Earphones on, like these. Cans, Jesse Starcher. I had my cans on. They're not even earphones at this point. They are disassociation tools. Uh, <laughs> okay? Uh, I was in another yeah, universe. My These had sort of a Star Trek effect where my body was there, but my mind was elsewhere. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, what so what, what do you have going through them? I, I got to know that at least. I, um, I was watching, I was watching some of my like Midnight's Edge and Critical Drinker videos, and then okay, all right. I started watching. Uh, no, um, what I would have loved to, for you to have said is just said I couldn't take it. I didn't have the, anything going, but I had the ear, the cans on because I just I didn't just made hear myself deaf. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> silence. That's what I heard. There we um, go. The deaf, deafening silence. Now, um, <laughs> do you remember for like the five minutes that everyone was talking about the thirty for thirty on Ric Flair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually was about to watch that again last night. Yeah. Yeah, I was the only person on Earth who didn't watch it at the time. So I watched that because I, I that That's came good. up in my ESPN Plus feed. Yeah. Um, and then here's a funny story. So one of the people that I've adopted, uh, she indulges in the marijuana. And uh, she uses it for, uh, for, for pain. And she was out of the marijuana. And she waited until 10 minutes to midnight. 
You know, okay. Iron Maiden waits until two minutes to so, midnight. She waited until so, ten. So, she waited until ten minutes to midnight to let everybody know that she was out. Yeah, and oh. that she needed her partner to go get her some more. It was well timed. This was like when I brought them to go see uh, Ginger and Pod, and we're like we have an hour to get there, and it's an hour away. And she's like, "Great, can we stop at the smoke shop?" And we we're like, "Do you not know how time works? Mm. Time and time and distance. Yeah, so, finite variables." Yeah. Ten, um, I, yeah. 10 to 12. I mean, I know who's selling at that point, probably here in, in my town, but <laughs> in, in her defense, the place that she told us to get it from was only two minutes down the road. We if we if it had been open, Ooh. if it had been open, yeah. we'd have been there and back. Yeah. This uh this excursion that involved, you know, a dwarf barbarian and a human bard and an elf el archer, you know, this this D D quest that we went on took us three, three stops. And about five miles or so before we oh, finally wow. found the bounty we were looking for and brought it back home to heal her aching wounds. <laughs> Sometimes it's necessary. Needless to say, we did not get back in time for smooches at midnight. Ah, well. You didn't That's get smooches at midnight either. You were kissing your pillow. Oh, you dang right I was. Man, you were like, I, oh, Cal I you were like oh, Callie Thorne. Oh my God. dreams, <laughs> sweet dreams of Callie Thorne. <laughs> I was, yeah, I, I think at, at about 11, I'm down here at the computer and I'm like, I just got to make it to 12. That's all I need to do. <laughs> and then walk upstairs and just like there. an Iron Man match. I could, <laughs> right. I can walk upstairs and everybody be like, Happy New Year. And I'm like, I'm out. But no, I couldn't even do that. 11, 11 30 rolls around. I'm like, I cannot do this. Mindy, I am going to bed. She's like, okay. So I kind of, the next morning I wake up and I'm like, shit, you know, I don't know how many more New Year's Eve slash days that I have with my kids. Mm -hmm. I should have stayed up. I should have made that half hour uh, try and good old college try and stuck out, mm -hmm. stuck it out, but just didn't do it. I, I had I to go to bed, man. I could have gone to a sexy play party. Sexy play party. I could have gone to a sexy play party. What? So what is that like? When you say play, I think of like theater. So is that what you're talking about? Oh, theater, all right. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, that kind of play. I got you. <laughs> so, but no one was, no one was up for it. Get it? Get it? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've done that at least the last two consecutive shows. Uh, yeah, no matter what. That we've like, been on. Let, can we talk about The Wire for just yeah, a Let's talk about The Wire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. To, I, I can't wait till we do the full widened breath of every show that's ever been on HBO and we get to Oz. And we're like, let's talk about Oz. Huh? Oh, wait, you know what I always wondered. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, speaking of bleached assholes, um, let's oh, talk about... Our top story tonight on the Whiskey Rebellion. Top story. And <clears throat> don't know where Jeff is tonight. Don't know where Rob is. I didn't baby everybody and remind them all day long that we were doing this. Did you did you <clears throat> expect us to be adults here? And actually no. pay attention to this? Thing? No, I don't know why I expect anyone to be adults. <laughs> Jesse, I am a daddy dom. I have what to I understand. We've done a everyone. test. I, I have done a test. I, yes, two of them at the very least. Confirm, way, sir. Hang on one second. Hey, we there's another bit that I want you to do, but oh, I, no. I need I need my wife to yell across the house and explain the bit to me. So 
what is it that hey unnamed wife of unknown family <laughs> i don't know try to protect your identity did you just call you by your name yeah okay voldemort yeah um <laughs> what is the thing you took that you sent me that i now want to subject jesse to Where do I find Limit? this? Limitless? Yeah, limitless. Fucking. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Like, oh, you got, where are you going to draw the line? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Okay. So, not maybe not the next show because Andrew Graham will be there and I don't want to run him off. Oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome to the but, show, Andrew. Let's do show. Time. But a show in the near future, we are going to, we are going to get you to sub we're going to subject you to the bdsm limit test i cannot test. wait what is it it's a list it's, it's a list things that people could be interested in in, in bdsm and king okay and are you interested in it or not so i have to like send this so to him ahead of time simple yes yeah. no check mark list <laughs> it's like a list that like two partners would use with each other to negotiate okay. like oh yeah okay i got it so you hand yeah. your partner the list they hand you the list and you're right. looking like, all over yeah i'm into like yeah like one to ten ten being the highest one being the lowest you know shitting on me yeah ten um <laughs> right that that okay yeah i i want to i want to know the world wants to know jesse your bdsm limits Jesse, one to ten, you're interested in anal fisting. Yes, I'll I'll take a zero. <laughs> he says ten. No. Um, <laughs> I can see how this is going to go. Cannot wait to do that list. Okay, so yes, on a future show, we are absolutely going to get you to list out using this tool um, your BDSM limits. But before that, All right. uh, our top story, as I was saying before, now that I've that's completely derailed the podcast. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to talk about <clears throat> this year. <clears throat> and I was like looking for lists, you know, looking for our fun articles to do. And I'm on StreamYard. Um, and I found this article that ever shares the top 10 weirdest local news stories of 2022. There it is. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I thought we'd have so I haven't even looked at this. I just I saw Me the either. headline and I was like. We need to talk about this. Let's see. Of 2022. Right. Just how weird has the news been in 2022? Check any news site any time of the day in 2022. You'll be smacked in the face with images of war, crime, war. civil unrest, <clears throat> climate catastrophe, and economic strife. But every now and again, there is a ray of light in the darkness. Sometimes it's an interesting object stuck up a nose. I, I've done, done that. that before. I've done yeah, that. Absolutely. <laughs> Other times, the searing op-ed about a sausage roll. Uh, Most of the I've time, done that. <laughs> Most of the time, it's a cat on public transport. Let's take a moment, you and I, Jesse, to talk about our BDSM limits and celebrate That's not 2022's strangest news stories. The odd stuffs, the side swipes, the stories that piqued our curiosity and threw a bit of bizarre among the badness. Okay. All right, All right then. Number one, sandwich scam. Smoker finds pouch tobacco replaced with bread. Pouch tobacco replaced with bread. Okay, read this. I, I read this to me. I'm trying to even make sense of the headline. Yeah, that I feel like those were English words, but not in an English sentence. 
I'm trying, I'm trying to imagine this, but all right, what do we got going on here? This story from March of 2022 detailed the experiences of an Auckland woman who spent $75 on a pouch of Port Royal, only to find that it was filled with a moldy old sandwich. Ew, <laughs> ew. Oh my goodness, $75. What is For Port a moldy Royal? Sandwich. Pouch tobacco? Yeah. Are this is this the stuff that you like is this stuff you put in your jaw or is this stuff I that guess you... I guess it's like I, what's it called dip you put uh, it yeah, like the only gums? thing I could think of is like fucking um uh red uh, is it red man something like oh that my goodness. yeah I cannot remember but yeah it was like you know you pull out the it looks like big mm -hmm. league chew except that's not yeah that's what it's based off of yeah it makes you like spit mud and it's gross um a peanut, <laughs> peanut butter sandwich in place of my tobacco that's hilarious Oh, wow. Uh, okay. New World didn't believe her story, so she took her complaint straight to British American Tobacco. I was like, look, Mac, you're not going to believe me. And it sounds ridiculous. But there was a peanut butter sandwich in my tobacco, <laughs> she told the stuff. <laughs> and in the saddest, most woebegone voice, he said, Sophie, I do believe you. This is an ongoing problem. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Turns out the old sandwich switcheroo is a prolific scam across the world. And we can only hope to have more awareness around bread-based bamboozlement in 2023. Oh, that's Who funny. is doing the switching? You know, Jesse. That's got to be an inside job, right? The fat like, cats have it all over us. You know what I mean? It is hard. It is hard as a white man to get along in this world when, you know, the fat cats of industry have you over a barrel. Sometimes you got to revolt. Sometimes you got to rebel. And the only way to do so is to put a sandwich where tobacco once was. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there's there are lengths that I would go to to try and prevent people from getting cancer from smokeless <laughs> tobacco. Sure. Peanut butter sandwiches was not on my list. Oh, gourd. Monster potato. Not actually a spud. What the and, hell is that then? I don't know, but I just I know I got I, I know I put one of those in the toilet before we recorded tonight. <laughs> Who doggy? <clears throat> Doug the potato was a symbol of hope for America Chavez after a particularly sure. shitty year. The tank of a tuber set the country and soon the world abuzz with his gargantuan girth. Okay, the author of this piece had way too much fun with this. Yeah, they did. <clears throat> Could humbled old New Zealand have just unearthed the biggest potato in history? Alas, celebrity is a mask that eats into the face, and it was only a matter of time before things turned sour. In March, it was revealed the extensive DNA testing done on Doug Duh. found him to not be a potato at all, but a variation of a gourd. Oh, ooh. It's, it's been a real roller coaster of potato rama, said Doug's owner, Colin. We hopped on the roller coaster, eyes wide open, and enjoyed the ride, and this was the real twist. We were all there with you, Colin. We were all there with you. Yeah, sure. I was. I had no idea this existed. <coughs> no. A gourd. Oh, okay. It's really bizarre. All right. Christchurch boy discovers giant earthworm in the backyard. Okay. In September, nine-year-old Barnaby Domigan introduced the world to dead Fred a one-meter-long earthworm that he found in his back garden in Christchurch, which That's is the name huge. of my new band, by the way. Oh, okay. All right. Beautiful. He told, he told Checkpoint 
that it was a slimy, squishy, and stuff like that. And then he thought <coughs> of it like an amazing discovery that I could not believe my eyes. Neither could we. After slamming the big worm in live updates, the spinoff was forced to apologize to Dead Fred after the biodiversity community took umbrage at our description of him as nightmare fuel and a dirty earth snake and a hell monster. That is a, the biodiversity community? Yes. Okay. They're All on right. Twitter. And they're very <laughs> mad. <laughs> Apparently. All right, then. These are some odd stories. Like that is very strange. These can't be I mean, the weirdest stories, but these are definitely odd. Definitely. Oh, I don't like where this is going. <clears throat> the enduring mystery of the Hobson Point Ham. Hobsonville Point Ham. I know it's gone Ew. to include one's own work in a list, but I managed to write 3,500 words on International Women's Day about an imported $2,400 ham that was found on a sleepy suburban street in Hobsonville Point. Nine months later, I am still no closer to the truth, but I did get an update from Raf, who found the ham while out walking his dog. We kept the ham for maybe a month or so before throwing a homemade pizza dinner at our place, where we made an honest attempt of getting rid of most of it. We never found out who bought it or, or why it was disposed of. It will forever remain a mystery. Okay, so I've got a couple questions here. Yeah. An imported $2,400 ham? That is a fancy pig. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I assume that's why we have this. Oh, okay. I have, yeah, no idea. <laughs> uh, I mean, no clue. All right. So let me, let me read this one. Bull no. has legend status after surviving 80 kilometer trip downriver, including the Buller River. Come on. I don't Come understand. On. Come on. The Bull River. Bull has le okay, so he went down 80 kilometers. That's a long, that's a pretty long stretch of land or spread uh, stretch of distance there. That'd be a, so I guess it floated on down a river of some sort. Crazy. I guess. All right. All righty. Clark's catch. Prime Minister partner hangs with funny feline in Tonga. There have been so many, Jesse Starcher. Terrific cat stories out there that it's hard to choose just one. I was thinking it's, the same thing. Yep. The 2022 crime wave appeared to extend to the feline community as stuff reported in May that kleptomaniac cats in Taranga were found to be working together in a cat gang, <laughs> the most vicious gangs of all, <laughs> to steal that's what, that's what that's what cats is about right like mm -hmm. the movie cats is strictly yeah. about these cat gangs Go yeah it was ahead. originally called the cats of new york um <laughs> <laughs> socks the butcher you know him <laughs> it's played by daniel meow lewis i mean this needs to happen now <laughs> this just came out and it needs to happen let me listen melissa melissa knows people who have money can we produce a movie that is Gangs of New York, but just cats? Yes. That might actually do well. It might. I mean, considering Brilliant. what's in the movies these days, I can't see how we how, how that would be any less ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, the cat gang to steal socks, underwear, and mops. Further south, ODT had a stunning piece on a mafioso mob boss, Bowie, known as the Gangsta Cat of Lawrence. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I bet you he just sits in one spot 
and eyeballs everybody, and you would not want to fuck with him. Big ahead. crown on his head. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the greatest cat. It's like it's like the fucking picture of Biggie Smalls. Like like, yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> kitty, kitty, kitty. Can't you see? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you're now just hypnotize me. <laughs> oh, not, not good. Again, not your good. flashy ways. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Who shot you? Meow. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's a cat flushing the toilet. He is a cat flushing the toilet. Um, <sighs> but the greatest cat news came from the first man himself, who shared captivating. <laughs> Footage of a cat called Charcoal, that's racist, who simply adores being buried up to his neck in sand. That's the most random thing I've seen, and I've seen some things one commenter wrote at the time. That is strange. Yeah. Rare gravel maggot found on remote West Coast beach. Gravel maggot greater than goblin mode. I have no idea what's going on here. I am so out of touch with whatever yeah. references they're making here. I have no clue. Yeah. Okay. This, this article is a bit up its own ass from the spinoff.co.new Zealand. In May, this extremely rare species. That might species. be why I have no idea. This is strict. <laughs> this is news from New Zealand. Yeah. Is that all this is? Well, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. I, right. I just let it go with the obscure of the obscure tonight. Thanks. Thank you. You're very welcome. Much. Look, this was a 30-second Google search. What do you want from me? At least I showed up on time. Um, I was here at 10, sir. I was here (laughs) at 10. In May, this extremely rare species of sea slug washed up on the West Coast, and our lives were never quite the same. Named Smeagol Hilaris, if we have another child. Oh, boy. Smeagol Hilaris Rattledge. Oh, yeah. After the pallid Lord of the Rings character, everyone had an opinion on Smeagol. Some thought he looked like Guylin chocolate. <laughs> Others thought he looked like Coke bottle lolly with the sugar crackle sucked off. Whatever he looks like, he is our pre- he is our precious, and he lives in all of us. <sighs> I, I, I'd like a picture. Is that that is not a picture? Uh, that's, that's a baby with a mask on. That's what's coming up next. I was like, what? I need a picture of this maggot. All right, go ahead. The mass air New Zealand baby is the hero we need. Okay. <clears throat> it's been a great year for masks. Has it? And not just because Mikey Havoc revealed on the mass singer that he has a collection of over 100 masks. In July, a mass baby on air New Zealand flight went viral on social media for being both very cute and very mysterious. Gotham has Batman, Metropolis has Superman. Now New Zealand has the mask wrote Stuart Soman Lund on his quest to unmask the mass baby. First of all, don't touch a child. Okay. This, I, I mean, I think Thanks. we can all agree. Nobody Thanks. should touch a child at all. Sure. Ever. That's true. I may never know for sure, but I do know that in these confusing orange light, Omicron infused times, this is the hero New Zealand deserves, even if it's not the one we need right now. I don't feel like I understand New Zealand humor. You chose local news stories from New Zealand. I chose local news stories. I didn't realize it was from New Zealand. <laughs> They're all New Zealand local news stories, dude. Oh, wow. This is great. Uh, I'm getting what? like, I don't know, about 50 to 60% of the references. So that's all right. <laughs> I, I think as, a, as an ongoing thing here on the Whiskey Rebellion, we should always do one bit that completely dies. This was fucking right at the beginning. Zombie, yeah, right at the beginning. Let's make sure we kill the crowd early. 
like like an AEW match. Um, why does Erin Simpson put a raw egg in a sock in her baby's crib? It feels like that's the beginning to a riddle. Humans have been talking. Humans have been talking for tens of thousands of years, but only now has this combination of words been put together in this order. In November, Stuff reported that influencer, former television host, and Hobsonville ham informant Erin Simpson has been dangling a raw egg in a sock in the corner of her son's crib to ease his teething pain. I'm less interested in the TikTok pseudoscience here and more concerned with the fact that this is not the first time Aaron Simpson has made headlines for challenging egg-based behavior. <laughs> I, 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 uh, yeah, exactly. A, a raw egg in a sock in a baby's crib. <clears throat> It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I honestly thought that where this was going was like, you know, lock in a sock and like that's how they were making the baby sleep. Oh. <laughs> Just That's sad. Don't, don't, don't touch a baby. child, but hit them with a lock in a sock. <laughs> don't slock a child. That's my slock. motto. Don't slock a child. You just slocked a child. You just said that's like, all right. In New Zealand, I can't look. In, not, you know, not in the United States. Not in yeah. the States. In New the United Zealand, States, I am against slocking children, but I'm not going to tell New Zealand how to behave. It's a whole other yeah. culture. Be culturally right. sensitive, Jesse Starcher. I know. I apologize. Man, our show is going to be huge in New Zealand. Watch yeah. watch the numbers. Where slocking children is popular. <laughs> yeah, we're getting we're getting so so much hate mail. And number 10. Centuries-old frozen Charlotte dolls. Unearthed in archaeological dig. Fuck. I'm going. In, I'm going to Google right now. But go ahead. In June, archaeologists. Archaeologists. Oh God. Archaeologists. Shut up. There you go. <laughs> you can't breathe. Leave me alone, you bully. <laughs> dug up a bunch of old objects in Christchurch's CBD. <coughs> including a chamber pot. Glass bottles and a gaggle of scary dollies called Frozen Charlottes. Yes, they are. These girlies from the late 1800s were inspired by a creepy poem called A Corpse Going to a Ball. Okay. Inspired? Inspired. About a young woman who froze to death on her way to a New Year's Eve ball. That poem inspired a folk ballad named Fair Charlotte, which then inspired millions of corpse dollies named Frozen Charlotte, which eventually ended up here in modern day Anaconda, where don't where we don't need any more bad things. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Put them back. Okay, yeah. so now we've learned a lot about New Zealand culture here on the Whiskey Rebellion, which is really what we always intend to do. That's exactly what we intended to do. <laughs> uh, I I just looked up frozen Charlotte doll, dolls, and they are okay. yeah, they're they're not the uh, they're creepy. I'll tell you that much. Here, I'll present my screen. Just take a look. Take a little look, see. Okay. And there you go. There's some. Are you? I mean, do you have like any type of phobia f- about dolls or anything like that? Um, I'm I not. I like the clown doll and Poltergeist. Just the oh, clown yeah. doll in Poltergeist. Like that, those scenes were pretty creepy. But I didn't have dolls in my house i was a boy in the 80s however my my grandmother my old italian grandmother had three and four foot high 
uh, dolls. Like they're not, they weren't American girl. Um, the American girl didn't exist yet. Yeah. But uh, do you know what I'm talking about, Melissa? Like what they might've been called or the almost like same height as real children, uh, like life size, like dolls that people might've had back in the seventies or eighties. Um, but like the, their eyes blinked, like they actually had like blinking eyelids, creepy as shit. But I, I didn't sleep at my grandmother's, or they weren't in a place where I would have been sleeping. So, you know, there wasn't they weren't there to sort of influence or you know prey upon my innate fears or anything like that. Right, right. I I specifically remember a time going over to my dad's. I was probably like six or seven. Um, mm-hmm. I was pretty young, and I was going to sleep in uh, my room there at dad's and it was also i was rooming with my stepsister who was about three or four years younger than i was and her mom like littered the room with clowns and dolls and Mm. i know at one point i tried to go to sleep and i couldn't and i turned over and i it was just like out of a nightmare. I swear one was like turning its head and looking at me and, and making some type of gestures. Now didn't scar me for life, but I remember that clear as day, like trying to go to sleep and thinking these dolls were looking at me. No, Freaky. Jesse, remember, remember this? Unicorn! Unicorn! Ha! Unicorn! <laughs> that scared yes. the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just a hobbit! Boy, that was where... That was... <laughs> I think that was where the whole narwhal everything thing started in, for me. <laughs> where, why, why was everything Rankin and Bass horrifying? I don't know. Like, let's make I cartoons for children. Could we make them as ugly as possible? Like, what was the thought here? It was frightening. Let's frightening. Give everybody know. Check out the archive because, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, Justin Thomas was over for the holidays and played a little bit of that exact podcast where we did the oh, alternative did commentary. Yeah. We That's what the old about... feed. That's not on this yeah. feed. I got I to gotta republish it one of these days. That's scary stuff. Scary yep. stuff. Oh, watch me pee my pants live on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> why was why did Rankin and Bass animate everybody like their faces were a pile of dirty laundry? Why? <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> All right. So, Jesse, you're the co-host of Tripped Up Trivia, which is a game. Ah, yeah, yes, it is. That we play with ourselves on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network. Mm-hmm. You and Alexis, that you like to play with yourselves and others. That's my understanding. Yes? <laughs> and fondle junk <laughs> all day long. <laughs> Hang on. What did you say over there? Racing. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Anywho, so when you and Alexis are playing with each other and others uh, in your trivia game, uh, do you also are you into board games at all? Like, do you play the old Risk or Life or Boggle or Yahtzee or Scrabble yeah. or anything like that? Yeah, we got we had as a family played a lot of board games. Uh, I would say at least when Kira was younger and Caleb was younger. But I mean, mm-hmm. I will tell you that as the kids became competitive, boy, did it get loud and not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you the dick move my dad pulled on on Christmas Eve? Let me hear it. So I grew up in board game culture as well. I grew up playing Monopoly and Life and Scrabble, and we played as a family. We I remember the few fond memories I have of my extended family going to said grandmother's house with the creepy dolls were the 
big games of Uno that we played with my grandparents, my aunt, my cousins, my parents. Um, we would play these huge games of Uno and it was like super competitive and we had a lot of fun with it. We would play Scrabble. And my wife did some of the Christmas shopping with uh, one of the one of the adults that I adopted. And uh, they went out and my wife calls me. She was like, what would your father prefer? A classic Scrabble or what was the other one? Monopoly. Or Monopoly. And I'm like, oh, I have fond memories of playing Scrabble with my dad in Upwards. You remember Upwards? Upwards. I've, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's like Scrabble, but you can stack letters. Right, right, right. <clears throat> so I remember playing these games with my dad and having really fond memories of it and not so much Monopoly. That came later and that was more me and my friends. But I remember family Scrabble. So I was like, oh, I bet he'll appreciate the Scrabble set. So we get it for him. And my dad goes, what do I want to need this for? I already got Scrabble. Ooh. And, <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. Mm. And then what, what made that's like get... that's like something an eight-year-old would say. <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, I have this other game that's much better, and it's like a hundred years old. It's like the 70s. And he like needed to show it to everybody. Then I then it was then then my wife wondered why I walked out of the room and, <laughs> and went to go read a comic book. I could not stand to be around my family any longer. Oh um, man. As I got older. My friends and I, like, we would play hours, like, especially around the time of the very, like, specific oriented themed Monopoly sets. You're, you're like, there's millions of them oh, now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we had, like, Lord of the Rings Monopoly. We had Star Wars Monopoly. Um, and we would play them for hours, my friends and I. And it was great. I had a line. And, and I know I'm going to say this to you, and you're going to be really surprised. You're going to be like, oh, it doesn't seem like Mark's character at all. I would make somebody a deal to trade property and they would say no. And I'm like, I'm going to make you the same deal at another turn. And this is only going to get worse for you. Oh, <laughs> every time, every time you deny me, this only gets worse for you. My wife is telling me that I'm number one right now. Anyway, I'm sure she is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was, I was fun to play games with anyway. <laughs> We played life. Um, when I was in college, my friend uh, Jupak and uh, Yo Chuck, where are you? We <laughs> played Risk and we would start at like 10 o'clock at night and go to four or five o'clock in the morning, the same game. You would get, it was so funny because like we would play Risk and you would get down to like you would just like have every piece of property. Like you built up from like, you know, Papua New Guinea and just fucking took over all of Asia. You like had them reduced down to fucking Brazil. That's it. It was the only property that was left. <laughs> and they would roll and get a bonus and fucking suddenly have a, and win one battle. They'd only have to win one and just crush your entire army and build back up again. The game would go for another six hours. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. man. I, I played Risk once in college. And you're still playing, right? I hated it. I we played for it was the first time I ever played, and right. the game goes. We start at like just like you said, start late at night for some stupid mm -hmm. ass reason, and right. I'm walking back to my dorm at like three or four o'clock in the morning, going, "Why did I do this? <laughs> you missed graduation. I, I'm never doing. Yeah, <laughs> missed the finals. What did I? But I and I lost that game of risk too. I hated that game. Man. Hated it. Well, I bring this all up because this is our feature story of the evening. Um, there's an article here from Not New Zealand. Um, <laughs> it's the otherwise known as the Washington Post. 
And the article is called uh, Why Board Games Are Quickly Regaining Popularity. Um, the headline is, we're in a golden age of board games, and it might be here to stay. And it, I was interested in this story because, you know, I've talked openly about, you know, being part of the um, subset of the LGBTQI community, specifically the polyamory community. And I can't tell you how popular board game night is in this community. Really? Like, you would think it's like the sexy orgies, right? You know, you would, th you would, I hear th about. You would think it was the sexy play parties, but you know what polyamory people like more than a good fucking? That board games, good. apparently. Board games. board games. What was that? Yeah, board games, Dungeons and Dragons, and fucking Nintendo Switch. There's I, dungeons definitely involved in there, too. There are definitely dungeons involved in the polyamory committee, but what I'm trying to tell you, sir, you kinky bastard, you... I know about your limits. Tell me about your limits, Jesse. Uh, I will give us a couple shows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. No, <laughs> I'm gonna miss picky you. Um, oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna grab your taint from the inside. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm totally using that later. <laughs> hey, Voldemort, I want to grab your taint from the inside. My wife is going to sketch now and think about her life choices. Anyway, yeah. um, aren't you glad you sat outside with me? <laughs> she says no. yes. Um, <laughs> no. She says consensual, non-consensual. Anyway, um, my point is that like, within this possibly arrested you know, maturity development community is this desire to like i've been to a board game night like just one but <laughs> i went to my friend's party and like we played like some pretty cool games like actually like fairly intellectual games like there's a i've seen like entire stores dedicated to stuff beyond the known like typical traditional board games like you know monopoly right. life Risk, and all that um in fact we got one for my son it was like neanderthal poetry or something like that and it was just like wordplay games and shit Something, it was a little something like charade, but it involved like an inflatable stick that you hit people with, which was why we bought it for them. Um, I think every boy this year got the throwing burrito game. Um, <laughs> I heard about that, yeah. But yeah, I, I became, over the course of the past year, I became much more aware of like adults in their 30s and 40s really love getting together and playing board games. And so then I saw this article from these, you know, Washington Post, former newspaper. Um, about how we're in a golden age of board games, and I kind of wanted to share it with you and see what you thought. Okay. Um, our story takes place in New Zealand. No. Uh, as he <laughs> as he quarantined during the height of the pandemic with his wife at home, Frederick M.D. Jared Bryan would look longingly at one of the many shelves of card and tabletop games. <laughs> what are you laughing Frederick, at? It's Frederick. He's in Frederick, <laughs> Maryland, Mark. Oh, it is not Frederick M.D. Jared Don't Bryan. Don't correct me. Man. Just go with it. All right, sir. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Take two. Uh, Frederick M.D. <laughs> wow. He's a doctor. Uh, all right, continue. You're a bully. Um, you should have just let it go. Um <laughs> As he quarantined during the height of the pandemic with his with his wife at home in Frederick, Maryland, you motherfucker, Jared Bryant would look longingly at one of the many shelves of card and tabletop games. 
as he displayed, he has displayed in his home. But instead of finding joy as he admired the beautiful boxes, recalling memories from his many game nights, he found sorrow. Oh, that's sad. And sorrow. In the year of our Lord, 2021, it was kind of really sad looking at these games that weren't getting played, said Brian, 37. Yep, there's nothing more depressing than not having your game played with, Jesse. I mean, we should all have our games played with, right? I am the game. Yeah. Don't you think, Melissa, you, you know, we should all have our game played with? That's right. Um, a software engineer who got into board games in college. Now I'm kind of having the opposite feeling. I'm really looking forward to being able to play them again. Brian missed the shared experience and the ability to push aside everything going on in his life and just have fun with his friends. And he's not alone. Those feelings of community and gaiety <laughs> are among the many catalysts driving card and tabletop games into a golden age not seen since the 80s, Jesse Starcher. Wow. Industry experts say, yeah. And um, we can stop there for a second and just think about that. When does the Atari come out? It has to be in the 80s when I'm growing up, right? And you're not much younger than me. I think it's uh, late 70s, early 80s, just something like right. that. Yeah, you're right. So many of us, you know, middle, middle class, upper middle class people had a video game system of some description in our house. It was probably an Atari. What right. comes after the Atari? Like they're this, the first Nintendo, right? Right, 85, or, well, 85, I think, in the U.S., but, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. right around Nintendo hits. It's a huge, huge impact on the video right. gaming industry. Right. And then, you know, they were because there's just, just like VHS had beta, there's always, like, the weaker competitor that's just trying to find its place in the market space. It was ColecoVision. Right. ColecoVision and television yeah. and things of that nature, yep. So, and then finally, you know, with the rise of Nintendo and then, you know, shortly after that, Sega, um, and then shortly after those, the PlayStation, between 1980 and 1995, you see the rise in video game culture. Right. Certainly, I mean, you guys talked about this on the Screamy Boy podcast. They have the rise of the arcade. You know, you have your pinball machines first, and then your sort of, you know, pixelated Atari-ish games. And then those evolved over time, and soon the arcade culture became uh, huge for, for mm -hmm. a period there. You worked in an arcade. I remember, like, you know, people peeing on the games or whatever what you talked about. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got some stories. And I was, I was like, they were sticky. They were not They were not wet, necessarily. Um, mm, shitting on the floor. I had, yeah. a, I had a great... <laughs> I fucking remember the shitting on the store story. <laughs> oh, boy. In Frederick, MD. Um, yeah. Anyway... <laughs> But you have to figure as video games become more popular, as the youth culture adopts them and makes it their own, they move away from board games. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much like mental arrested development there is in the adults of that era. Like, I don't know how many adults, you know, who are going to work and taking care of their families. I don't know how many of them in the mid to late 80s, early 90s, you know, who are middle aged at that time are still playing board games. <clears throat> Right, you know, so I would imagine like the board game culture kind of falls apart there as video games go on the rise, don't you think? Oh yeah, yeah. I you only have so much time to divide up amongst your entertainment, right? Uh, you know, if you're if you're sitting at home and you have access to a PC, you know, PC mm -hmm. gaming was is huge. Civilization yeah. was a time suck. Uh, if you're oh my god, I lost entire weekends to Civilization. Right, dude. <laughs> Same thing with World of Warcraft. Uh, these, these, I almost lost a marriage to the world of Warcraft. 
these uh, I can't take you on a date. I have to raid. Right. And the complexities of those games to play with other people, it's, uh, you know, it it makes it that much more entertaining. So what's the point of sitting around playing Monopoly? I played that 20 times at my grandma's. I'd rather sit on my PC and play something else, you know. I'd rather play Final Fantasy VII and fucking scream into the, you know, I've I've lost my Chocobo. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, there's definitely a gap at some point where people were just like, this is way more entertaining. This is something that I, I can do really easily and enjoy with other people also. Yeah. Uh, and they're not sitting around playing board games. It substituted board games for a while because that's kind of all we had, you know, yeah. for the longest time you, you had mm-hmm. cards and then you, you develop board games. Hey, hey my yeah, dad still games. has them. He literally still has oh, games from the seventies, man. They don't even need to make any more games from what, you know, apparently according right. to him, you know, right. just he stop has- at Scrabble. <laughs> He's right. got the greatest Scrabble game ever. All. Exactly. <laughs> it is undeniable they are gaining popularity fast as Elon Lee, the creator of popular card game Exploding Kittens. Oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> my wife oh. just yelled at me. Have that. Just got it. Let let me let me stop real quick and say yeah. that yeah, now with it making a resurgence is interesting mm-hmm. because there are still ways of playing computer games, PC games, uh, video games, uh, video game systems. That's still all out there. So these things making a comeback is pretty interesting, but I will say that, yeah, actually that's starting to happen here at my house. Uh, I mentioned how I go and play dragon age. Uh, it's been about a year, a little bit more than a year now, every, uh, once a month, every, uh, it's like a Saturday every month. Mm-hmm. And it's a set of phylum well, comics. No, this it's related. We'll put it that way. But I go to I go over to his house and we sit down. Mm -hmm. He has a gaming table strictly for a tabletop gaming, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but on his back wall, the guy that holds, you know, the DM. It's nothing but board games uh, that are, you know, it's not your traditional monopoly. These are games like Exploding Kittens. Right. Um, My daughter got a game from. I think it, it was she went shopping anyway it's called uh here to slay and mm-hmm. she come home sat down and said, you ought to play this with me dad and I'm looking it over I'm like this is interesting tabletop card game and she, she loves it her friends love it so yeah it, it's cool to see that making a comeback and just like this guy was talking you know Frederick mm-hmm. MD here you know Dr. Fred <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's you know he this in the heart our heart of the pandemic there's yeah. you didn't have anything but games really you couldn't well, really commune go ahead i was gonna say i think that's also a big part of it is i hate to keep relating back to the same thing because i'm sure people are like if he fucking brings up polyamory one more time i'm gonna stab him this and guy and polyamory <laughs> this <laughs> fucking guy must love polyamory <laughs> but he fucking wants to marry and have ten thousand of his babies listen um about the time that we opened up i was i was talking to people who I had known from the community, but I wasn't that way. And so I didn't talk to them about it. And now we were, and I was struggling a lot in the beginning. So I would reach out to them and be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to really handle this. I don't, you know, I I have been a monogamous person for all my life. And now I'm this whole other thing and I don't quite know how to handle it. And you've been doing this for X amount of years. Can you give me some guidance? And I remember the reason why I bring that up is I remember being told very specifically, like, yeah, a lot of us are just now coming out of the house. This was March. 
Okay. <laughs> March in the year right. of our Lord, 2022. The pandemics, yeah. the lockdowns were 2020. Right. Like people have been in their house and we're, and, and according to this person, we're just like re-entering. I, I bring it up because they were, they, she was saying they were just re-entering the community of other polyamory and swinger LGBTQI BDSM kink people. Like all of those people were sequestered in their house, afraid they were going to die for two years. Right. And we're just now, just this very moment, coming out of their house and starting to engage with other people. And, you know, I think that there's, you know, given to like the, the tactile nature of uh, physical gameplay, as opposed to playing like video games, I think there's something about playing a board game that really does bring people together in a way that maybe video games don't. Um, I mean, great, don't get me wrong. I have definitely been part of like Mario Kart parties back when I was yeah. a kid. Sure. Um, and there's something social about that as well. But, We're all in the same room. And, and yeah. Yeah. But I think when you have to sit around a table and face each other and talk and engage with each other, it's a different dynamic than everyone kind of facing the same direction looking at a television. I will agree. You know? um, and I think that lends itself to why board games are becoming popular as you don't have to just relate this to the polyamory community. to be any community as people are starting to venture outside their house again and crave social interaction beyond a screen sure um so frederick md goes on to say that the global board game market has an estimated value of 11 billion to in 13.4 billion and is projected to grow about seven to eleven percent within the next five years according to market research companies technavio and imark <clears throat> year-to-date board game sales last month compared this to the same period in 2019 increased 28 percent according to market research company mpd group Card games are up 29% and strategic card games such as Pokemon and Magic the Gathering are up 208%. Let me stop there because um, one of the adults that I adopted and am currently raising and fostering um, like, is like an assistant manager of, of a Magic the Gathering shop. Oh, okay. All right. And they only reopened this year. Like they were closed, but they were doing like, I guess, online sales of decks. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. yeah they, were, they were selling Magic decks. Like, I remember when Magic was a thing back in the year of our Lord, 1994. Mm -hmm. And you only could get Magic cards at like comic book stores and like a Tiamo. All right. You know, oh, yeah. Next next to like the baseball cards with the chewing gum. Like, yeah. When I first saw Magic on the shelves at like Walmart, it blew my mind. It made me understand yeah. how big the game was getting. I was way, I was out of the game at that the point. Entire I wasn't store, an entire brick and mortar. There he is now. Here's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> There he is. <laughs> this is this is the guy. He's he, this man slaves all day long, creating, building, artful, conquering, magic the decks, gathering magic decks. decks. This is what this loser does all day fucking long. Okay, some of <laughs> us, some of us are like going to mines and like digging for coal to create electricity so that we can all live in this modern culture. And this fucking asshole builds card games like some kind of child, and he fucking makes money doing this. This is a full time gig. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you standing there. This is true. All right, touche. He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> But like, dude, I'm, I'm kidding with him. But the thing that he has pointed out is how much money there is in, in just Magic the Gathering in, in itself. And let's talk about Pokemon for a second. This fucking megalith, you know, 
these Pokemon right. cards have started again when I was in high school. I didn't fucking get it at all. This thing has taken over culture for generations. Because right. we're talking right. like my kids are into Pokemon. They're eight and 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this shit started when I was 17. I will, again, because of the pandemic, you could probably say that that fed into the popularity of TikTok. Mm-hmm. My oh, wife. Yeah. yeah. Every fucking person that was working from home or not was on TikTok. <laughs> my my wife is she'll go to bed and she will watch people open up packs of pokemon cards you've told me that's that's all they fucking do all night long is open it up and talk about oh i got me a scrammy zor whatever that is i'm sure i i grabbed that from i got me a slap zap i got me a schmegma can oh no not a schmegma can (laughs) no not schmegma can Magma can't. I got um, me a Miss Piggy. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, these cards are doing, they're extreme, you know, they're extremely popular nowadays. Oh, scissor me, daddy ass. Um, gosh, I don't even watch that. And because I know you, I have learned that. <laughs> they are ruining people's day one scissor at a time. <laughs> But yeah, man, the popularity of those cards, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Magic the Gathering cards. When Coop came over, it was at the end of October of 2021. Yeah. I think he came did over. He Maybe leave when you asked him to, or did he also overstay his welcome there? <laughs> Coop ate a sandwich, hung out with me, and he left on time. All right, so <laughs> Maybe you were more direct with him. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> he was ready. He was ready to go home. He had a long trip ahead of him. But yeah. anyway. You know, he came over, we were talking about these cards, and he, he had started playing, uh, I think he'd been playing for a while, but, you know, it's 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 something that is, it's very addictive and very fun. If you can find the right people to hang out with and play, uh, so yeah, getting out, back out there. Huge. You know you know what's also huge? Like Dungeons and Dragons. Like, there's a movie coming out this year. Um, oh, yeah. Like, it is filled, like, Dungeons and Dragons used to be one of those things that, like, MIT kids played, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you had to right. be the nerdiest of nerdy kids it was like right. mit you know junior engineers and dorks that was it like and the kind of dorks that would get thrown down a flight of stairs now like dmv is, is embedded in the culture and pervasive and not really seen as dork necessarily dork culture like there are no. some like elitist you know white girl snobs who were like oh maybe maybe get him to do something else it's like no like dmv is now accepted as popular culture yeah yeah, it is. you know it's part and it's part of the the board game community. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, commonly looked at as one of the more original role playing games ever. Yeah. You know, and and um, I would say that there's definitely been again uh, pop culture. Stranger Things helped that along. Yeah, um, and you know, if people can sit around a table imagining things imagine having a board in front of them imagine having cards in front of them i'll tell you what like if i had to argue the value of dungeons and dragons in the face of people who are not critical thinkers dungeons and dragons is one of those exercises that really gets you to think in four dimensions it gets you thinking outside of the box you know i was like my wife has never played but i was trying to teach i was trying to tell her what it's like to play dungeons and dragons i was actually talking to one of her friends the other night about it and i was like it's not you know, yeah, there's an element of dice rolling in some degree of luck, I guess. Um, but there is having to think through problems, you oh, know, yeah. use your imagination. And there's a bit of theater involved. 
So like Dungeons and Dragons incorporates all of these higher level thinking skills that it's not easy to teach. And maybe we're not teaching at all in many ways, because while video games, I think, help in different areas, the one thing they're not really helping with is your use of imagination. Oh, yeah. And, imag and imagination doesn't have to be a fantastical thing. It can be how to figure out how to solve complex problems, mm -hmm. creating solutions to complex issues. That's That takes imagination. That takes, you know, four-dimensional thinking, out-of-the-box thinking. Um, and that is not something we're teaching... Certainly not something we're really teaching at elementary schools that I can tell based on the stories my wife tells me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the crowdfunding platform Kickstarter has made it easier than ever for unknown designers to release games. Over 3,000 new games are released each, Jesus Christ, each year, including expansion packs, according to the website and online forum Board, Ge Board Game Geek. There which, are, of course, conventions. Uh, there's mm -hmm. one around here called Gen Con, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And all it is is just people bringing their games or you know uh promoters mm. slash creators big companies bring their games so they can be played or looked at or bought at these right. conventions all right kind of reading through this piece here the industry now has more categories and themes prettier boxes and higher quality game pieces in many cases the rules are simpler and there are more offerings than that focus on cooperation rather than competition these developments have opened the doors for a broader audience to embrace the hobby there are also board game YouTube channels like Watch It Played that aim to make it easier for people to become gamers. I have I have heard people tell stories of playing like Settlers of Catan, where you know it just takes it, it takes two hours to explain the fucking rules of that thing. <laughs> you know, it, Ronnie is part of this industry. You know, he just mm -hmm. mentioned that he's become a paid dungeon master. Like mm -hmm. he is somebody that you can pay to run a campaign. Um, it was so funny Man. to me that like I got one guy building card decks and another guy who's a professional dungeon master. <laughs> Welcome to the 21st remember, century. I think. Remember a hundred years ago where we dug for coal, Jesse? Remember when that was a thing? Remember when people used to work on docks? You reminded me we, 10 minutes ago. Remember when we used to build shit in this country? No. Not, now we're building not. card game decks. <laughs> this is an old man. That is, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. <clears throat> it's about finding <coughs> it's about finding people's interest and drawing them in that way, said Rodney Smith, who founded Watch It Played. I mean, if you want to play a game about making a quilt, there's a board game about making a quilt. There's really anything you can think of. Games started gaining popularity in the years leading up to the pandemic, said James Zahn, the editor-in-chief of Fate Publication Toy Book. Board game bars and cafes have been popping up around the country. This is true because I because even like not necessarily board game cafes or bars, but I've seen like boba tea places where there's like a stack of board games you can play, shit like that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, even as COVID, <coughs> even as COVID sent people home, <clears throat> many still bought card and tabletop games. Sales surged, and the MPT data shows suggesting that many families who found themselves forced to spend time together look for ways to connect through games and puzzles. The trend continued once restrictions eased and people crave social interactions following the years of seclusion. MPD data shows um, major retailers are also embracing the hobby, broadening past the classic board games produced by major toy companies. Barnes and Nobles and Target now have the exact same kinds of games you would find in what used to be like a hobby niche kind of store. That's true. I'm in Barnes and Nobles all the time. Um, more than Monopoly in Candyland. I'm blasting off into space, running a farm with your family, hunting down a werewolf, building a railroad, a Viking competing for a place of honor during Ragnarok. The themes and genres in the games industry are so vast and diverse that most people can find a point of entry. 
there's this uptick in people realizing the board games are so much more than Monopoly and Clue and Scrabble and Settlers of Catan, said Tom Brewster and writer and presenter of Shut Up and Sit Down. <laughs> a United Kingdom-based game review website. Yeah, it's just no shit, right? <laughs> One of the best-selling games on Amazon this year was Wingspan, which is about bird watching. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> it has gorgeous components, and there's a very soothing flow to it, Brewster said. And it's made people want to spend time doing these vast sort of games. Um, while the classic games such as Uno, Guess Who, Trouble are still very popular. By the way, have you played fucking Flip Uno? Uh, that sounds very familiar. I No, I haven't. So it's double-sided Uno, and there's one card that where it makes you flip, and you have to use the values on the opposite side of the card. It will fuck you all up, and you will really the person who did it. Oh, wow. That like sounds you, fun. Yeah, you start to get down to like the nitty-gritty. You only got a few cards left. You're going to get Uno, and somebody flips, and you're like fucked. And because you because now you got to pick up like a whole deck full of cards. Oh wow! This will end relationships. This fucking game. <laughs> we just played Uno before I came down here. I'm mm -hmm. not kidding. Um, and like straight yeah, Uno, like I said, Uno. It it's <laughs> Uno. Okay. It's Uno. Just regular good old fashioned Uno. I'd forward me the rules for queer Uno if you would, please, <laughs> so I can figure out what I'm saying yes and no to. <laughs> it's flip Uno is what I'm saying. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, man, check out Flip Uno. Like, go go get your wife to go on TikTok and find people playing Flip Uno. You'll see what that I mean. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it's both fun and annoying. <coughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, well, Uno, Guess Who, and Trouble are still very popular games. Like Wingspan, fill a hole in the industry, which has been stale for decades. Lee said the exploding kittens creator said the void inspired him to create his own games. At a time when the majority of new options were dense German strategy games with a book's worth of instructions. Ooh. Um, uh, now there are more cooperative games, so it's like Just One, Unfathomable, and Codenames Duet. Recent years have also an increase in silly games such as Unstable Unicorns, which we also got for Christmas. That fake artist goes to New York. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say that Unstable Unicorns, I'm trying to click mm -hmm. on your link. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I want to say that those were the makers. I'd have to look mm -hmm. this up of here to slay uh, because the dice that you roll, the one looks like a unicorn horn. Um, so anyway, but go ahead. Um, Mind the gap. Get the more data here because they're talking about like the creation of more games. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's a long it's article. a large article. <laughs> yes, yeah, kind of going on forever. Um, okay, so I think that's really it, though. But I thought that was interesting and worth talking about, sort of, you know, think about where we are in the culture. But, um, that's all I got, Jesse. We're we're down to the third and last segment. Today. We don't have Jeff here or Rob here tonight because they forgot, apparently. So, uh, it's just you. I can't you wait know? till they show up tomorrow and have their own show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Rob, have fucking like, fun I'm with that. Day late. <laughs> we're a day late. <laughs> um, Okay, yeah. So I, I brought a little something that you know, like I said, I think this is this a slideshow full of infected penises. Uh, yeah. <laughs> only only once per year. We are in a new year, but um, you want to save it for like yeah, I, <laughs> I gotta, you know, I've got to get my whole folder filled up with you know infected penises so we can have right. an actual uh, game. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Yes, sir. All right, Megan, you mentioned Megan's coming out right January, yeah. right? This so tomorrow as we're recording this. Oh, hey. Yeah, well then. Um, 
what I thought we would do is we would, have you ever done a tier list before? Ever seen a tier list done? No. Okay. It's not about crying. T-I-E-R's. Giving people tears. I'm sure you have. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a tier list. I just grabbed seven. Seven, three, six, seven. Seven robotic villains. And you Ooh. and I are going to put this on a tier list. So give me a second. I'm going to share my screen and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. You may have seen this before. I don't know. Uh, but here it comes. So the concept's pretty easy. You and I are going to talk about where we're going to put these robotic villains on this list. And it'd be easier if there were numbers here, but uh, I'll kind of explain the letters. Um, we have, let me know when you can, yep. there it is. All right. So we have S, A, B, C, D. So we're going to kind of go, as, S is going to be like, okay, yeah, for sure. That's like the best robotic villain ever. Okay out of this out of these seven i know there's way more and i did not want to bog down uh the amount of people we had to go through plus i figured eh, we'll do like a five ten minute segment here doing this and we can always add to it later whatever but yeah from highest to lowest d is obviously going to be like bottom of the barrel but i am going to say one requirement and that is the top list or excuse me the top section the s section can only be occupied by one of these villains so we'll go down through and we'll start with ultron so i say just to start with ultron we'll put him at the top now he can move it's not like we're going to say that that's going to be like the villain i'm going to grab ultron i'm going to put him up there do you think he's worthy of the top spot compared to the rest of these now we have ed 209 from mm -hmm. RoboCop. You remember Ed 209? All right. I do. Then we have, okay. Then we have Killbots or the Chopping Mall bots. Do you remember the movie Chopping Mall at all? You probably never watched that. You to me, you and me, I've we've discussed horror movies. This was an 80s horror movie that had <laughs> robots that were supposed to be a security enhancement to a mall and it ended up killing a bunch of people. Like all you right? do. Like you do. We then have the Sentinels from X-Men. Okay? okay. Megatron from the Transformers. And then we have Tur the T-1000 from Terminator. And the Sentinels, again, but this time from the Matrix. So these are okay. robotic villains. All right. I've got Ultron at the top. Next up would be Ed 209. Does he unseat Ultron? No. Okay. Where do you want to put him at? Towards the bottom. Towards the bottom. So we could go with C. All right. What would you, yeah. if you were doing a parameter list as to how you're going to rank these? Why don't you go ahead and tell us what your parameters would be? I would say like the the top should be the most destructive, the most murderous, the one that was the most successful. So I can already tell you, like of that list, it's I, I it's got to be either Skynet or the Sentinels. Okay, the Sentinels were fairly successful in killing a lot of X Men. <clears throat> especially depending on what future you're talking about <coughs> no in one particular future they killed almost all the x-men uh skynet successfully eliminates humanity you know down to a very small fighting force um 
and survives long enough to send fucking multiple like terminators throughout time uh and just now you know, here's just... the thing though that is not skynet that is the t1000 oh ooh. so oh yeah how does that affect things does that affect okay, so you gotta be the matrix then sentinels that gotta be at the top okay explain <clears throat> they killed humanity and kept them in fucking tanks okay you know and All right. put them in virtual reality uh, and even and even at the end of not counting the fourth matrix movie which no one should watch but the end of the matrix trilogy proper they won essentially they basically oh, really? they made a deal to, to continue their existence um with neo and i That's can't right. you know, yeah yeah like they joined forces to eliminate smith smith was kind of the common enemy um but the title still exists like that world still exists as it is right yeah. i i okay so i think the way that I would, my parameters for this would have to be number one, the villainy of said mm -hmm. robot, just like you said, murder, they, they commit murder. Um, the amount of murder that happens, probably uh, their intentions, their motivations. Yeah. Uh, so and the reason why, well, let me ask you a question about Ultron. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Are we talking about the length and breadth of his comic history or just in the movies? Ultron, not strictly movies. This is this can be across comic history. This yeah, then I would across near the top. No, Ultron was fairly successful. Okay, all right. So you want to say Ultron stays at S? Uh, Sentinels. I mean, only one people, only one one person. No, one robot, one evil villainous robot can be at the top. Get Ultron uh, and the Sentinels out of there. Leave the Matrix. Okay, all right. So. Let me do this. Yeah. Megatron, though. Megatron. Okay. So Megatron probably needs to be in the second or third spot. Okay. All right. Would I mean, you say... Get a Symphony of Destruction due to file play. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I... Okay. Such heroic nonsense, Jesse. I love it. I love it. There's... There's a couple things here. I, I agree. Okay. At the bottom, I'll leave Killbots there. I don't even think I watched the movie, but I've heard so much about I'm Killbots. Good. I'm good with this list the way it is. Yeah. The Killbots. Now, Ed 209, number I one, mean, his, yeah. killing, his killing a rampage was just due to a programming error. I and mean, that was because of humans. Go ahead. Yeah. But like, I would say that's an error. That was more like he, he was, he was, uh, uh, designed to do that and just I mean, he killed like he a room full of assholes. Who you know, like that was like... <laughs> gets a pass. Yeah, it's a pass. He tried to take yeah. down Robocop and failed. And failed. All right, yeah, I'll I... leave. I'll, I, I, I'm okay with him being at C. Uh, all right, moving up to the B tier. Right now we have Ultron, and we have T the T1000. Now, I'm going to say that the T-1000, of course, I'm going to be biased for. Because, number one, it's a villain in one of the probably gr greatest sequels ever. Yeah. Terminator 2. Right, but I mean, um, like, how many people did he kill in that movie before he, before he was gone and never came back? He killed a few. He definitely killed quite a few people. I mean, and, and some... Killed a foster mom. He killed that one guy with the... Uh, the uh, thing to the eye i don't know if yeah, you remember I'm that a security guard i'm not impressed 
But okay, I'm not going to put him up at S, but I am going to try and make an argument no, for him to be an A. You're not. I'm going More than to Megatron? make an argument to be at A. I I don't know. There'd be a pretty good battle between A, uh, it, between Megatron and Terminator for the T1000 at A. In my okay, opinion. so Megatron's up on my list. All right, now are we comparing these strictly on who would win in a fight? Not, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm looking at, well, I don't know. T-1000's got the coolness factor for me, man. He's got like, you know, he's You're liquid metal. Not, You're not looking at this analytically. You're like, T-1000 liquid me, metal, dude. T-1000 makes me sweaty in the shorts. That's not a coherent oh, argument. Liquid. Are you, are you a fucking girl? Like the guy's got no uh, talent, but he's there. Cute didn't we, this did singer. not need to go down to insults like that, sir? <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, I like you know the guy has no singing talent. Yeah, but he's cute. The fuck does that have anything to do with anything? He is awesome, dude. I mean, the way that he's able to kill people, the way that he's able to change shape. He was almost indestructible, except for the fact that he fell. He was tricked to fall into a, a boiling, and you know, you never know. Sorry, he may still your be argument when your argument boils down to he was tricked. We're done. Okay. All right. All right. We'll leave him. We'll leave him at B. All right. Fine. Then Ultron is he is Ultron moving up to A? Oh, here it is. We gotta. We can't here's have. Where, three. Here's we where I get have tag, Here's where I get tag teamed. Welcome to the show, Robert Cooper. We are hang on, hang on, hang on. Kelsey, Kelsey, come here. Here's one of the adults I'm fostering. Oh boy, hot dog. All right, Jesse. I am a hot dog. Thank you. Jesse, explain. I, I can hear it's loud. Fuck. <laughs> explain to fucking Kelsey what we're doing okay. here. I want her to right. take my side. Oh, don't. All right. Oh. <laughs> oh, don't do it. Um, I'm doing a tier list. Coop, welcome to the show. You get to you get to listen to this explanation too, okay? So, in celebration of Megan coming out, what I've decided to do is I listed seven robotic villains and we are doing a tier list. Top is one of the most villainous spots that you can have and only one robotic villain can occupy that S spot. Okay. And then A, B, A through D are just other spots. Obviously, the less villainous you think they should be, the lower on the list they're going to go. Perfect. So right now, Mark Radlich has the Sentinels from the Matrix at the top. And then the Sentinels from X-Men in second. Did she leave? No, okay. I'm here. I was just looking <laughs> right. at him aggressively, like, why? Um, why did you make me? Why are you making me suffer this? No, um, it's not. It's that he's wrong. Look at my background. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we have so we have he has the Sentinels. We have Megatron up there in the A spot. We also have Ultron, mm -hmm. uh, and then we have the T1000 in the B spot. So we're going down Ed 209 right below that from RoboCop, and then the Killbots from Chopping Mall. <laughs> are at the bottom of this list okay, okay I agree so with those last two. Uh, all right all right so where would you put t1000 first would you say t1000 is in the b spot i would say he's where in the b spot yeah that's accurate okay all right so less than megatron coop are you in agreement here i think megatron <clears throat> is more evil mainly because he's running the whole show 
Whereas the T-1000, I think, is more of a pawn. Yeah, bitch, though. Oh. I, I like that reasoning. That's kind of where I was going. And although I was a little bit more biased with the fact of how cool he looked, mm. I was going to put him up in the A spot, but that's fine. I'll stick with, I'll, I'll leave him at B because that makes a lot of sense. He's a pawn. He's a robot. He's being controlled by Skynet and Skynet. And I told Mark earlier, I said, you know, yeah, this is the T-1000. It's not Skynet. It's T-1000. So, all right, that's fine with me. Then we've got to figure out. <laughs> we've got to figure out what's going to happen at the A spot because one of those guys has got to come out of there. It can't be two. It can't be more than two. I'm saying it right now. That's a parameter that's happening right here. We can't have more than two. So I'm we have the Sentinels from the X Men killed a lot of X Men. I night. would say the Sentinels from the X Men are absolutely in the right place there. Okay. Oh yeah, they're are genocidal. Are they... Megatron has not killed as many people as fucking Ultron or the Sentinels. Megatron committed mass genocide amongst all of his people just to get the Allspark. You really want to get into this? He is the worst of the worst. He's and not the fucking Matrix. Fight me. I will. The Sentinels, yeah, I was going to say, the, they can, the, there are arguments that can be had here about the Sentinels from the Matrix being unseated from that top spot. They're not locked in. Yeah. I want to I hear arguments. Let's hear, okay, Sentinels first. Sentinels versus Sentinels. Who's worse? Who gets them? Mm, I'd say the X-Men is worse. Okay. All right, Coop. I would say the Matrix ones are worse because the ones from the Matrix have more or less enslaved the entirety of mankind to, I don't know, fucking run their Energizer batteries. Here's why Sentinels at the end of every single one of these stories, everyone loses except the Matrix villains. They win in the end. They, in the end... They bargained to stay alive. They're still around. Man, man, uh, mankind is still in pods. That's how the Matrix ends. Okay. They're the All number right. one. Okay. Well, that's Sentinels versus Sentinels. Let's talk Megatron versus Sentinels from the Matrix. They sound like there were some strong arguments about Megatron possibly getting that top seed. With, uh, with, with the Sentinels, do, do we also Galvatron. include the Master Mold? Into, uh, oh, rather, rather not on the list. Galvatron. So many fucking Trons. I don't know. Megatron, to me, wiping out his own race as much as he can and then coming for the humans. And we haven't even finished that story yet, unlike the Matrix. So I would say... You're very much focused on like the TV, on the movie Megatron. Like in the, comic, in the comics, he became a whole other guy. Mm. And there's very much still Transformers roaming around. Mm. That's fair. I Good mean... <laughs> <laughs> she's out she made her argument and i think it was a fairly good argument in my opinion she hey jesse's with you just so you know uh, Kelsey. because jesse agrees with you as far as villainy goes genocide is pretty you know that's up there genocide. can't you see it's genocide in the first degree and that's not and, and the thing is is that yeah the villains won <laughs> but also the villains are keeping humans alive in the matrix i mean they are all technically alive Right, yep. they are actually having fun in their own imaginary universe. Well, for their Megatron can give a though. shit less. All right, right. Coop, are you in bed right now? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know we were doing a podcast. If you look, I was like, I thought I, the next. I no, I saw your message. I ignored it because I sent everyone the fucking dates for this twice. I don't remember, so that's fine. But you know what? Well, it's hey, cool. We I've got. Joining. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about robots. Uh, we yeah. all know that the double S tier is Mark Zuckerberg. 
Dude, he is one awesome robot. <laughs> he's a mighty vehicle. He's a robot. My, I've yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a definite villain. Uh, all right. I, I mean Megatron. So we're going to keep Megatron at A. Coop. Yeah. You good with that? All right. And I know Mark is. Then we have Ultron versus the Matrix Sentinels. Ultron. Hmm. That's hard. That is That's a tough one. Said. That's me. <laughs> That's flaccid. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like it. Uh, hmm. I okay. Let me let me let me try to reason this out. I mean, I honestly would keep Ultron. I, I don't think I'd put them above the Matrix Sentinels. That's just me. Um, Ultron's been a pretty badass villain especially for you know the marvel cinematic universe and the comic book universe as well you know his whole uh, i i don't know what his motivations are was it to all just take over humanity or take over the world or end humanity mark see i wish fucking calandros was here because if you're talking about like what megatron's major, major motivation was in the conversations i had about him we were talking huh ultron you said megatron ultron oh sorry i thought we were talking megatron no, uh, well, we were talking Ultron, but you can go ahead oh. with Megatron. Let's hear it. Well, Calandros, his whole thing, and when we were talking like the, the War of Cybertron um, Netflix series, was that there was a there was a leadership, kind of like with Krypton and Superman, or um, uh, Jor-El. There was a leadership in charge of the planet. The, uh, the rabble found the leadership to be illegitimate, and they revolted. And then in within the revolt, there was a civil war, and there's where you had Optimus side and Megatron side. So I remember or understand it. <clears throat> and you know, Megatron saw things one way, Optimus saw things another, and the two sides fought. And that's essentially what killed the planet was the civil war between Megatron side and Optimus side. And when they ran, like most things, when they ran out of fuel, they went to Earth to go. They they left the planet to go looking for more. Energon or whatever would be whatever they could make into Energon and they ended up crashing on Earth in the process. Um, right. And then depending on which iteration you're talking about, it was there was a point of mining whatever plant Earth essentially for more Energon to go back to cyber. Like a major component of the cartoon, if you'll remember, was building the transport of the, the space bridge. Um, and they were like, if you'll remember, like Spike and his dad were oil riggers. And they were, you know, and the Decepticons kept like attacking the the oil platforms out in the ocean because they needed the oil to convert to Energon and send the Energon back to Cybertron. That was the whole premise behind the cartoon. Mm -hmm. Um, as far tell me as about Ultron, I was going to say, tell me about Ultron, like with his history. What is his motivation? Was it always to take out humanity, or the same as Skynet? It was the you know. After being alive for a few seconds, he realized humanity sucks and needed to go. Okay. All right. Out of those three, Mark is pretty well seated that the Matrix Sentinels are not going anywhere. Coop, are you in agreement? I'm fine with it. All right. Now you guys got to figure out real quick who's moving down to B out of those three. Megatron. Yeah, Megatron, Megatron is moving. Megatron is moving to B. Yeah. 
All right, then. I mean, I don't know about all that. I, but I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Jesse, you're a comic book nerd. Call Evan Bevins. In one possible future is the Age of Ultron. Not right. the movie. The, the comic book series. Right, right, right. Where Ultron, you know, how many times have there been comic book series where Ultron wins? Yeah. I. Even my, tell series. And I have to parent her. The grown ass woman. But even she agrees with me. Do you know if if Pat Mullen was on here, the man would say the Sentinels would be an S. If Pat Mullen was on here, he'd call one of them. If Pat Mullen was on here, he'd call somebody a cunt. <laughs> yes, he would. Like that's that's in his contract, if I remember yes. correctly. Yes. Uh he would say the X-Men Sentinels would be at the top because you know, dirty stinking muties. Yeah. Uh, but I me, oh, me personally. There's no there's no good muty like a dead muty. That's Pat Mullen, Ew, ladies and gentlemen. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> sentinels <laughs> i would say you, the sentinels have you would... met that? <laughs> my my argument i'm out number two to one here but my uh my argument would be to move the sentinels down to b just because they only target mutants that's you know that's all that uh they are supposed to do anyway although they could be programmed to do something different but we're moving them down to b no we are moving megatron down to b so there it is, ladies and gentlemen, our final tear maker list, our first ever tear maker <laughs> list. Did you cry? I cried. Lots of tears were made. D, <laughs> Killbots from Chopping Mall. C, Ed209. In the B tier, we have T1000 along with Megatron. The A tier belongs to the Sentinels from X-Men and Ultron 2. Marvel related uh, robotic villains here, right there in tier B. And then the top tier, the S tier, the Sentinels from the Matrix, folks. There it is. Whiskey Rebellion's tier maker list for robotic villains. Go watch Megan tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Not a sponsor, but go check it out. So, Cooper, I'm going to end the show by filling you in on what you missed in the first like two thirds of the show. Uh, so, my wife took this like uh, she she uses online like list thing to create a list of her BDSM limits. Oh no! I'm totally making limits. Jesse do this. I'm totally making Jesse do this, and then we're gonna talk about it on the show. Like, I think mean, about this. Are we doing it right now? No, no, no. Oh, okay, next no, time. The last time we did something like that it was an hour. Um, so I'm done. <laughs> we're done here. We did our show. But um, and we can't do it the next show because Andrew Graham's going to be on and we'll scare him away. But the show after that, I am totally dedicating to humiliating Jesse because those are our best shows. Well, I mean, yeah, either that or your wife accidentally uh, <laughs> revealing <laughs> revealing information that she had no business and no idea she was uh, revealing. It says right there that we're fucking recording right there. Yeah, wait. <laughs> You guys do this live? Yes, every <laughs> single time. It's not my fault she couldn't read a computer screen. But you um, know what? It, it gave us a great moment. I will tell you this. I, I think, so it was really funny to make Jesse take the BDSM quiz, but I think we should all do the BDSM. Yes, you do. But I think it would be really funny if we all did the BDSM limits thing and compared them and then went on a sexy date after. Ooh, get that Dutch <laughs> rudder. <laughs> row, row, row your boat. Can I tell you because of you, I keep doing the Miss Piggy thing? Like, I'm, I'm gonna totally Miss Piggy you. Uh, oh no, <laughs> yeah. Jesse was telling us how much he likes fisting earlier. 
Oh yeah. no, fist I went horse. on and on, went on and on about it. <laughs> the first hour of the podcast. Oh yeah, he he was a regular Jim Henson. <laughs> Jesse, how often do you bleach your asshole? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Sounds painful. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I do it enough. <laughs> you don't want to overdo it, that's for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, can you really underdo it? Yeah, I, I know what, what he's saying is like if you maybe if you bleach your asshole too much, you'll like fucking eat away at the skin. <laughs> it's it's a sensitive you erode, area. You erode your asshole, and I, you know. Now, oh now, no! Now instead of you know you know a small straw sized tunnel, you have like a fucking oil pipeline. Oh no! You got the Exxon Valdez. <laughs> Nasty. We were having a perfectly nice show until you showed up, Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. I mean, Coop, you, I, I'm you sorry. <laughs> I, I actually have many of them, in fact. And Dave, are you getting right, Dave? Dave, are you getting podcast head right now? Are you getting like a cortisone hand job while while we're doing this? That, please do not ever let me know that that's happening when I'm on a podcast. What the fuck's a cortisone hand job? So let's say you have chafing going on. This didn't need to be asked. Okay. It's not my fault. He asked me what a cortisone hand job, and I am compelled. What the fuck a cortisone hand job is? I'm doing a podcast with two grown men at like 1130 (laughs) at night. I do not get hand jobs. It sounds therapeutic. I mean, okay. that's imagine you have chafing, but the chafing has gotten really, really bad. And we have like torn skin and, you know, you know exposed skin. We have welts here, um, raised bumps, that sort of thing. Imagine that's going on and you need medicated cream in order to heal your uh, private sensitive area. OK, you might need a therapeutic, medically necessary cortisone because the cortisone cream will help you heal cortisone hand job so okay. ooh, okay okay gotcha you get a little uh get a little neosporin down there i mean you really can use like the liquid of your choice but this but it's important look the secret to a cortisone hand job is that it has to be medically necessary let's put that in the notes in the description do do i have to ask my doctor first no well you mean you well i eventually had to go to a doctor and i got a powder you know the way put an end end to the cortisone hand job deal but it also made things heal a lot quicker yes jesse (laughs) why i'm just sitting here thinking like you know you 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 go to apply it and you're like wait a second this feels kind of good (laughs) <laughs> and then hence can i tell you like, about there the 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 argument for medical necessity really gets tested like, <laughs> like, it's like you don't need I, this now stop I, it i need she's like a little dabble do you i really think you need to rub it in uh yeah please over and over again every I'm spot so caved <laughs> you seem perplexed coop Listen, go see Natalia. Hi, Natalia. What, what, I, what I love about Coop is the fact that he's laying down, but he looks like he's upright. <laughs> he's like a fucking vampire bat. <laughs> I, I'm at like a solid 45. My head's at a 45 and my arm is at a 45. So it works. It does, man. You, when you perfect. snuggle at night, like what's the angle? Because like lately we've been doing an acute triangle deal. 
Um, you know, sometimes like you lay parallel, sometimes it's like more of like a spoon S situation. But like lately, we've been doing more of like a diver's acute triangle deal. I, I have I a bad habit. What was that? I said I sleep on the couch, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the, the past couple times I've slept at Natalia's place, I heard her back because uh, I'm like a trap door spider. Like apparently I, uh, yeah, no, apparently like she's at the edge of the bed trying to stay away from me because I'm a giant heater. And then I just like roll, I flip around, grab her and then drag her into the center of the bed where there's no support because her bed frame sucks. Are you guys like into like consensual, non consensual? <laughs> you just fucking uh, her, throw her around the fucking room. <laughs> throw her through the fucking third story window. That'll <laughs> teach her. Listen, I'm not here to kink shame. Are we done now? Yeah, I uh I- I'm just happy I fixed my bed because I, I we broke it and uh I tried to fix it on Valentine's Day and you know, instead of doing adult stuff, I was uh trying to hand saw a table leg. I didn't work. It was more crooked than the police. Uh, so uh, at some point, you realize bed frames are pretty unnecessary. As long as you've got a high enough box spring, you're good, man. Yeah, I well, I got a bunch of shit under the bed. I recommend you get a high box. <laughs> yeah, I got a ton of so shit under my bed. Jokes. Is the problem, and I, I have a really nice headboard. Okay. Do you know? I do. It is uh, It is pure wood. We were having a perfectly nice podcast, by the way, and then you showed up and it got way sexual. The third beard. <laughs> hey. Clamato. Got any stories, Cooper, about people sticking their dick in places they don't belong? If not, we're going to get out of here. Uh, you know, I can't really say that I, uh, I've i had know, any. I mean, the, I did have a fun Say, over what? the holiday, you didn't know anyone that stuck their dick in the eggnog? Uh, I mean, my <laughs> uncle did it by uh, by just piping in that vaccines are a uh, are an eradication plan for the human race. Oh, your 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 family gatherings are fun. And what did he give everybody in the family for Christmas? A my pillow, a cortisone handjob, uh, the same thing. A my pillow, COVID. Oh, no. Sir, I would not compare a cortisone handjob to a my pillow. In what way? I wouldn't. Why? Because you can't get off to a my pillow. Sounds like a challenge. I mean, first of all, a cortisone handjob is very enjoyable, and my pillow is not. Yeah, I, I left it at my parents' house where the cats can sleep on it. But my mom's <laughs> like, my mom was like, this thing smells. Like it smells like chemical and it's chemicals and it's really lumpy. We lost Jesse. <laughs> Jesse's like, I don't even want to be here anymore. <laughs> All right. Jesse, you want Cortisone to- hand jobs. Give me a break. I mean, if you're breaking that much, Whoa. you might need one. Whoa, that was awfully judgy, Chesty. Why are you why are you judging? We me? do not need to extend this any longer than it has gone. You're the one that brought it back up again, sir. Are you sure? <laughs> Extends it longer. I mean, the problem is if we don't extend it enough, all the cortisone doesn't get into the to the fold. Uh, all the right spots. I, why are you being judgy about this? I am sir? not being judgy, sir. I'm, I feel that we have discussed the cortisone and job to death. 
Unless there's I more. Was, I was, I mean, you could also use Lotrimin. Oh, thanks. Ooh. Now, now, yes, list all the alternatives. If you have like a fungal situation going on there, because fungus likes dark and wet, like we all do. You know, <laughs> exactly. And so you might need some, <laughs> you might need a Lotrimin hand job to deal with your fungal issues where things are dark and wet. What this is medically necessary. This is a medical. Or if it's bedtime and you got to brush teeth, get a toothpaste hand job. I don't know. That seems gross. I mean, they get a little get a little bit of that fluoride down there. Maybe it'll be helpful. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a, a dentist. In- is that a very interesting Spider-Man comic, you dork? <sighs> is this the one where is this the one where Peter gets the fucking Lotrimin hand job from Mary Jane? <laughs> I can't escape it. How does it make it? It made its way back into an Eric Larson You made his spider sense tingle. Can we talk at length about the various ways, the various lubricants that exist at your local CVS that would help you with a hand job? Jesse, you, you first. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me please. Let me just go Speaking to the CVS, they had a, uh, a Marvel uh, figure of the century for $7, so I, I had to pick one up. Yeah, you can find those for pretty cheap down there. Like I had no idea. I thought they were all fucking $20. Oh, and speaking yeah. of Spider-Man and bodily fluids, hey, remember that time he killed Barry Jane with his radioactive spider spank? <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> folks. Nice this shirt, been... Mark. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this has been <laughs> the Whiskey Rebellion. Uh, yesterday, we did our year in review show. I spent 20 minutes talking about All Quiet on the Western Front. <clears throat> We re-aired our Joshua versus Ruiz 1 alternative commentary and Kanaki versus Ariola. Hey, Jesse, I hear you did an unspoken issues about Superman versus Predator. Or Hunter Superman. Prey or something like that. <laughs> that was Superman Doomsday, the rematch. Probably <laughs> okay. one of the biggest rematches ever. Uh, Whatever. Although I think Superman did take on Predator at some point, I believe. But anyway, uh, yeah, hey. Check it out. Unspoken Issues, 90s Comics Podcast. Uh, me, Dean, Derry, we talked the re no this was me i I, sorry this was me evan and chris can you come here for a second you come here it's a great podcast by the way kelsey can you i mean not from personal experience at least not at the moment but can you speak to the joys and medical necessity of a cortisone hand job i knew it i knew it was fucking coming what do you think, <laughs> Dave? Thanks, Dave. Where we piss from, Kelsey? Ke- hey, we're going to spend a minute, and Kelsey's going to show us where she pisses from. Show us where you piss from. I will not. I will not. Apple teeny. Show me your weedy. What an interesting home life. <laughs> will, you scissor you me? will you at least scissor me on camera? Scissor me, daddy ass. Come, come scissor me. Everyone gets one. I've got you one. Uh, yeah. This is for the camera. This is this is for the show. Hey, Dave. This is for the hey, fans. <laughs> See, I get scissors on camera. This time, not by, Fantastic. This time, not by a child. <laughs> hey, the FBI is listening to this. Um. Anyway, next week. Yeah. So anyway, this week, <laughs> this sad this weekend. Uh, everyone loves a bad guy. Re-air for a. Uh, Evil corporations. Uh, we have our David Bowie tribute, and then hey, damn you, Hollywood yeah, is back in its normal Tuesday slot. 
We're going to be reviewing Megan. And then allegedly, my buddy uh, Adrian Wagner is going to come on. And we're going to finally get to do Dope Sick after not being able to do it two weeks ago. And then uh, Alexis and I are going to be reviewing Welcome to Chippendales on the 12th. And then in the evening, not we... the Rescue Rangers. No. And then, yes, Coop, this week, the, a week from tonight, the 12th at 10 o'clock, Metal Hammer of Doom Jukebox, episode two, first one we've done since October or November, whichever one it was. And we're going to look at the best metal albums of 2022. Oh, hot dog. Sorry, my nice. cat keeps trying to make an appearance. Oh, my God. You and your stupid cat. Dave. Right. Dave. Dave. Jesse. Scissor me, Daddy Dave. <laughs> Jesse, you want to show us where you pissed from or you want to get out of here? I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's rock and roll. Well, I am a podcaster. That is Jesse Starcher. Down there is Robert Cooper, who's late to the party. <clears throat> and he's really feeling naughty. <laughs> yeah. this has been the whiskey rebellion be well be safe and have your wife or a significant other give you a cortisone handjob